Hey everybody, welcome to the American Seasons Podcast. My name is Gray. I'm joined by Josh. Hello, Josh. Hello, Gray. This is going to be sort of a mini-podcast. Um, since we, we wanted to wrap up the Bournemouth game, and uh, so we're looking at about a, a nice little half-hour chat here about the weekend's action. Um, City do win 2-1 at Bournemouth on a 96-minute Raheem Sterling that eventually saw him sent off for viciously approaching a group of fans. Um, yeah. and weirdest, weirdest second yellow is, ever. Is that the strangest ending to a City game you can remember in quite some time? Yeah, okay, first of all, like, Danilo gets through, like, this amazing ball that somehow sets up, like, a T off of off of a Bournemouth defender's foot and Raheem Sterling chip shots this thing so perfectly that there's nothing that anyone can do but watch it go in the net and I'm not saying look this is a testament to how much when when Pep unleashed Sterling last year and he was much improved it not enough was talked about <clears throat> the amount of work that he's put into and still continues to put into his finishing. Like, Raheem of old would have shanked that thing a million miles wide and that game would have ended 1-1 and people would be asking all sorts of questions about City right now. But but for his finishing and, and, and he, you know, the efforts that he's made therein, that thing ended up being just a, a, a peach. But, yeah, then he got sent off for I don't know what. Like, I get that the fans jumped out, but they weren't – I don't think they were out at the time. Like, he was no, just so – He was – it wasn't – as far as I know, Sterling never left the pitch. I, I I mean, I don't – there was a lot of chaos, and I don't yeah. know what happened. But near as, near as I could tell, it's not like he ran into the stands and began so, – you know, the funny thing is that, you know, I didn't think he had that great a game, but he popped up at the right spot. And that – how many players do you see that if they play – you know, we're in the 96 minutes by the time he scores. If you play a bad 95 minutes, by that point, you're just – how many players do you see that if they haven't played that well, they've just – uh, it's not happening. Yeah, yeah. Their, their heads are down and they've already basically concluded that they're not going to be able to contribute anything to this to whatever's about to happen um, there is something to be said for plugging away for 96 minutes until you get your breakthrough but that whole uh, nonsense at the end of the game which which culminated in in, in a board with Stewart trying to claim that Susan Square assaulted them only to be right, only to retract the claim. His hat back to him because you know it's look. I take heart in the fact that Mike Dean was so thoroughly criticized by pretty much all corners of the English media. It's not usually a group of people that City can count on on their side in an instance like this, but. I saw a widespread criticism of, of of how Mike Dean handled himself. I think the English media are starting to understand that Pep Guardiola for Raheem Sterling is a blessing. Like, you want the English team to be better, then these young men need to be coached by people who can put them in a position to contribute on the national level. 
Guys like Jose Mourinho, guys like Antonio Conte, guys like Jurgen Klopp, and guys like Pep Guardiola are frankly going to do that. And, you know, Raheem Sterling is... And guys is the, like Sam Allardyce aren't. Yeah. And Raheem Just Sterling is... finish to that sentence. ...has turned into a damn fine English player and all of a sudden it's like, all right, look, do we want to ether this kid or do we want to show like, hey, you know, a little bit of English pride here. And I think the English pride part is what's winning out here. I don't think that they're defending Manchester City at all. I think they're defending Raheem Sterling, the England player. The English media does love to eat its own. We've seen that happen so many times. But they also love to praise. They want to, they, they want, the English media is basically a gaggle of New York sports fans, if I can put it that way. They want to like you. If you give them a reason to like you, they'll like you. But if you don't, the knives will come out and you'll become public enemy number one. And yeah, it's ridiculously unfair. We've, talked about the English media at times on this show and how stupid some of it is and um, where some of the criticism comes from. But, you know, I think in an instance like that, in a moment where, look, Raheem Sterling has been criticized a lot, frequently unfairly, for doing things the wrong way at times, or doing things, you know, be it the way he forced the transfer from Liverpool or um, the way he, you know, was given a vacation by Brendan Rodgers in the last season he was there or all manner of other things. The English media looks at guys and thinks, you know, there's a way to do this right and you're not doing it right. In an instance like that, they can find nothing to criticize. He worked hard all game, scored the winning goal in the 96th minute and went to celebrate with the away fans and was punished for it. Not even the most cynical member of the English media can sit there and point at something in Raheem Sterling's conduct and say, yeah, he's not doing it the English way or whatever you want to call it. And there, even, even they have to sit down and admit, look, that was freaking stupid of Mike Dean, who once again was in a, in a long string of very bad officiating. The Everton game was horribly officiated. I thought the Bournemouth game was very poorly officiated. Um, and I don't think that there's a fix. I Because we see this happen up and down the country so regularly at this point. The decisions are just so stupid on a regular basis that it's, they're just... They're bad referees. There's no two ways about it. And s far too many of them like the spotlight. So, I don't know how you fix that problem, but the point is, it was a very bizarre ending to a very, kind of a bizarre game as a whole. And, I just, I can't remember, you know, I think the only thing comparable recently is the ending to the Chelsea home game last season in which everyone got into a fight and sent off, basically. But this wasn't even like that, because that was just a bunch of players losing their cool. This was a bunch of players celebrating a winning goal, and it's somehow devolving into chaos because Mike Dean um, thinks that people came to see him, I guess. 
yeah, it's like he feels like, all right, I've sat in, in under Mark Clattenburg's shadow for too long. Like, <clears throat> I'm going to have a coming out party worthy of Mike Dean. And then he Mike Deans it, you know? Like, it's 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 what you'd expect. It, it It's sort of, you know... Pep Guardiola is going to have to adapt to this. Like, I I think there are some times when there are cynical cards given to City players, but Pep Pep's game, like, look, dude, he he was sort of a dark arts master. They're, look, this is why I tell people that like one of the the reasons that Pep rates Otamendi and and has never offered to put him up is because Mendy's Mendy's the enforcer. Like Vinny Company it will 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 be a captain, but a captain cannot be an enforcer. A captain has to be on the field. The enforcer if he has to, he can be sent off. And and ultimately he's willing to play that role. It's like the Chicharito, like, don't worry, Boa, I got you. And he got him. Like it it is what it is. And 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 that's that's the role he plays, and it's because Pep Pep likes that because that's who Pep was as a player. And so there are instances where I think people don't look at the accumulation of fouls when they when they criticize referees on cards. But I'm also in the group of there are a lot of stupid cards that are handed out, and this is one of them. Like no Kyle, like this is the second this is the second sending off in a row for a city player that's come as the result of an absolutely indefensible second yellow card. It is. And you could argue that Bournemouth could have had at least one straight red yesterday that yes. was given. Yes, and that were the only should guys have been. been. Yes, it should have been. And it's it's so incredibly frustrating to watch these things because, you know, it's, it's like, okay, if there was a single standard that everyone was held to, I'd be okay. If, there, if Mike Dean is going to referee yesterday's game really tightly and... T- and whistle everything and card everything. Okay, I don't really like it, but it's his prerogative to do so. Similarly, if Mike Dean is going to referee that game in a completely hands-off manner and only whistle the most egregious of offenses, okay. Again, I don't think it's to his benefit. I wouldn't like it, but it's his prerogative. At least he's being consistent. Yesterday, you see at least one Bournemouth player get away with a red card offense, while Raheem Sterling yeah, okay. gets away with 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 nothing. He's, he's punished for celebrating with the away fans. There's, you know, I'm loath to use the word double standard, but it was like yesterday's game was being officiated two different ways, and that's the biggest thing I have a problem with. If you're gonna referee a game, you know. You're not going to be perfect. I don't expect perfection from these people, but I need you to be consistent. I need to be able to look at my team doing something and thinking, okay, look, I'm not in love with that call, but I can rest assured knowing that if the other team does it, they will receive the same punishment or non-punishment as it may be. It it, it sort of comes back to MLB home umpires and, and strike zones. Look, 
if 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 your strike zone is is like half a foot off the plate, but you're calling it on both sides and for both teams, all right. Like you need to have your eyes checked. But as long as you're consistent and it's called both ways, we're good. Like that's the American equivalent. But exactly. but if but if if the strike zone for Bournemouth all of a sudden becomes the technical strike zone, uh, or, or the strike zone for for Bournemouth is is that half a foot off each way, and the strike zone for City is the technical strike zone, then City are playing at a disadvantage. And that's sort of what's happening. Like, City get, like, a a to-the-T strike zone, whereas other teams are given, you know, half a foot off the plate this way. You know, breaking balls in the dirt or all of a sudden, you know, strike three. Like, it's, it's you, you know, it, it, I don't know how to – it's like having Jim Joyce if you're Armando Galarraga. Like, sorry to bring up old wounds and whatnot, you know, but – That doesn't bother me as much as it would bother some people. Just... Yeah, yeah, but, 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 it's the, but it's the equivalent of and, – and now City have had to play a game which – I, I think Danilo did well, and, and you look at Benjamin Mendy and the way he was just able to just throw things into the box almost at will, had like five or six balls that if City had people making runs or, or defender doesn't get there when they do, like like he had that one ball that was saved by a defender with, with Jesus just waiting right there, and if I think it's Ake doesn't get there at, like, the very last minute. Like, Jesus has mm-hmm. has the world in front of him, and Mendy has his first assist as, an, as, a, as a City player. But Mendy has played 90 minutes as a Manchester City player, and he is already one of my favorite players on the team. Oh, dude, he's such and an off. Everything he does, both on and off the field, I love him so much. Yeah. Yeah. But... I see why City signed him to a six-year deal, and I am so, so happy. Someone, someone did their research on that one. When when Benjamin Mendy learns, like, fluent English and, and, and he's good to go, he, like, I want a City TV show with just Benjamin Mendy. Like, I don't if, give... If, if Kyle can become a cult hero, Mendy's about 50 times more entertaining. Right. Like, they're sitting on, like, Mendy alone, like... Like, could do like Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> like I would watch Mendy read the phone book and just Life of Mendy. Yeah, like I don't care. I I would watch him read the phone book. Like as they say, uh, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Both on and off the pitch, that dude is is. What what did you like about his first game? Fearless. You know, and it's. I think it was uh, uh, it was it was Stu who runs City Watch. It's a tweet of his that I just have to cite because it, it was my favorite. It's nice to have a left back who can get upfield and then doesn't start looking around like he doesn't know what to do, like our former French left back. And if that doesn't sum it up, then I don't know what does. It's just a fearless performance, going up, going down. He can defend. He can cross. He is exactly what City have been crying out for for the last five years. And, you know, 
I've dwelled enough on how overdue it is. I'm just going to enjoy it now because I thought he was full of energy. He was full of pace. He was all action. And I came away so pleased, especially for his first game, because you, you never know how someone's going to acquit themselves in their debut. Even if you've been around for a while, there is a big difference between just working on things on the training ground and then getting on to the pitch and actually right. playing the game um, both tactically, in terms of technique, everything. There's a big difference, and some guys need some time, particularly coming from a different country, different background. Some guys need some time to adapt themselves to the English game, settle into their new club, and then really see the best of them. Dude's so big, he just, like, yeah. He's he's basically the Yaya Toure of left-backs. Like, he is such, he is going to be such a problem for so many left-backs who are going to be less than half his size not less than half because that would that would be a very small left back but you're going to have left backs out there that are you know 5'10 5'11 maybe you know 5'9 in some cases maybe 6 foot and then you've got Benjamin Mendy over there who's like yeah you know 6 foot 1 good 200 and like I think he's like what? What is he? Two twenty-three or two thirty-two, something like that. I don't know. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's a big dude, and he knows how to use his weight. Uh, I, I I just have to say that Benjamin Mendy is is well worth every penny that Manchester City have spent on him, and I don't care what happens. No, I mean I do care, but you get the sense that this is a trend that's going to continue with him. Like as long as he's healthy and can stay on the pitch, you're going to get these kind of fearless performances. He's going to have to mind his manners the next game. So he isn't, you know, even though he still probably will, let's face it, the ref will find a way. Um, uh, but if, if he can avoid getting a, a yellow in his next match, then, you know, uh, but still play his style of game. I I like City's chances against Liverpool. I think much of what went wrong in Bournemouth was too many new parts trying to work with old parts. And I think that contributed to Raheem Sterling having a bad game as a result, result of Bernardo Silva having a bad game. Like... The entire right side was affected just by that that sort of link up. Like Bernardo Silva would did not have a glorious start. No, I was much um, more impressed. I thought he was very lively against Everton, and I'm really anxious to see what's to come because he looks a really good player. But he does. There was he, you know, not it wasn't clicking. On, on yeah, it it just it 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 was that's exactly what it is. I'm in no way, shape, or form worried about Bernardo Silva. Like I still think he was a tremendously uh, uh, wonderful buy. I think there's a reason that City went out and got him and have him learning from David Silva. Like you know, David only has so many years left in his tank, and and he's gonna turn over that mantle. And City. 
City want Bernardo to learn from the absolute best, and 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 I'm okay with that. But he's he's gonna have games where it doesn't all go right, and that's what what happened in this last matchup. It was it was too many parts not sinking at the same time, and it and it, it, it doesn't. Really, I would, it doesn't help that there were a lot of players on the pitch who are, and this was a problem I thought against Everton as well, who are primarily at their best when they're playing centrally. Um, and yeah, I would argue that both Silva's and Kevin De Bruyne are at their most effective playing more toward the center of the pitch. Um, so, you know, they can get in each other's way a little bit. It happens. Um, but, yeah, I mean... The thing about City is that, you know, and this goes for pretty much all of their first three games, um, it's roughly that the performances, I think, overall are pretty sound. But they're running into the same problems that they did last year, and that, that part of that is because, you know, you look at who they lined up with against Everton, the formation was different, but they started that game with only one outfield player who was not a team last year, and it was Kyle Walker. So... It was ten of the same guys who were having the same trouble finishing chances as they did last year. And you can sit around and talk all you want, but these first three games have made it completely apparent why Alexis Sanchez has been Pep Guardiola's number one transfer target all all summer long, despite the riches that they have in attack already. Um, It's just, you know, it's, it's... I, I say some of their build-up pro- pro- play has actually been better this year, but they just when they get into the final third, they still run into some problems. Yeah, and you know, I say that I know that Pep Guardiola's deal is I'll get you there, but you have to, you know, like look, he does share some blame in the lack of finishing. Like this is a problem. Like it's been a team problem. The, whatever finishing work these guys are doing, maybe there needs to be more of it. Like, I mean, it's, it's, I understand that finishers have to finish. Like, that, that is true. But you, just like Raheem Sterling has him, has improved his ability as a finisher, a manager can have that impact. And I think it's, it's, it's a case where, you know, City have had a problem now for, for, you know, a year and what is it, three, three games? It's, there's, there's a little bit of blame to go around with everyone and it's a problem that needs to be fixed. Like, to be perfectly honest, Gabriel Jesus' finish was what like that. I, I I'll take it is how I would classify that finish. Like it was, yeah. It it was it was it was very fortunate. Yeah. So was Sterling's for that matter. Yes, it was. Uh, Both of them were. Yeah. I I wonder how much of it is honestly not even down to like physical drills, but down to mentality. Because he seems to have made Alguero almost more timid in front of goal. There's so much emphasis on, like, team play and, you know, and I'm not saying there shouldn't be. I love a well-worked team goal. But they're, they they almost, he almost seems to have gotten them mentally tuned more to think about passing when they get an opportunity than to just shoot the damn ball sometimes. 
And, you know, I, I, and the I, wrong I, players yeah, are pulling the trigger. The wrong players are pulling the trigger. The right players are not pulling the trigger. Like, I don't, I don't want to keep going back to the Everton game since it's a week old now, but Aguero was teed up and for some reason he just didn't pull the yeah. trigger on, on, on the goal. So, you know, he's just, he's staring Pickford down and he's right there and he just does, does not shoot. So, you know, and then you have chances falling to guys like Silva, who, as much as we both love David he's Silva... He's not a damn finisher! He doesn't finish. He's not a great finisher. And he shouldn't be shooting volleys like that. Like, that was such a well-worked volley, but he's not the guy who should be on the end of that. Sterling or somebody should. Like, David Silva's many things, but... He's he's not Zinedine Zidane when it comes to finishing. And, and, and you know, just the, 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 the way that shot went up and over is just kind of like that's that's what we're talking about here. Like, right idea, wrong person pulling yeah. the trigger. I think a fair bit of it is mentality and decision-making. And, you know, there needs to be work done on that. There's no doubt about it. So it's it's you you want chances falling to guys like Aguero, to Jesus in particular. Even though he, I think I, he wasn't in the sharpest form at the start of the season, and I don't think he still is. He still seems to be getting his feet under. I was kind of stunned he got the start, and I maintain that it should have Aguero should have, but Jesus had a goal. So yeah, I mean his movements are all. I mean, ignoring the finish, the movement. Just finding the lane to run yeah. into on that goal is just second second level, you know. Yeah, um, that's 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 why that's City spent so money. Yeah, yeah, that's why yeah. City spent. There's a, there's a lot of guys in world football who can finish. There are not a lot of guys in world football who can create their own space to finish in. So you know that it's it's just and of course David Silva doing exactly why exactly why we were talking about him mentoring Bernardo Silva is because yeah. he's God's gift at, at, at doing stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, my assessment overall through three games is that this is clearly a very talented team, and I'm actually encouraged because they have looked more stout overall defensively. I know they haven't really played any great teams yet, um, but you look at Brighton didn't do anything against them. You know, Everton had a couple counterattacking opportunities, and obviously they scored on one. But it wasn't just like complete end to end. We're getting ripped apart every time we give the ball away. Even City created way more chances than yeah, ten men. And even know? against Bournemouth, Bournemouth. I mean, King hit the post. Not great. Not what you want. But but their only goal was basically I'm one. I'm willing to let Charlie Daniels shoot from there every on the volley every single time he gets it yeah. because nine out of ten times he's going to send it. 15 feet over the goal. So, you know, I don't I don't really have any criticisms over the goal that they can see. With the goals like that, you just have to sit back and say, okay. Exactly. You know, yeah. like Zidane's volley, stuff like that. You're just like, all right, you know, you, you can't do anything about that. Yeah. I mean, I know that the first instinct whenever cities ship a goal is to sit there and look at the defense and be like, okay, you could have done this and you couldn't not here. Sorry. I mean, you, you, if anything that you say is nitpicking, it was a it was a sound enough clearance, and he made a great follow. You can be. That's just a goal you just be upset about. Yeah. Just that's have to be that's upset. a goal that you play FIFA, and you're like, really? Really? Yeah. Really? really? 
you're gonna do me like that, really? That's that's when I look down and I'm like restart game. <laughs> that's a glitch. That is a that is an animation glitch. I earned I unlocked restart game for a reason, damn it. <laughs> I'm going to the EA Sports forums to post a bug report over the unrealistic goal. Thank you. So it Yeah. But 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 chances created and chances yeah. They've been pounding everyone they've played in Chances Created. You know, I honestly thought the first half of the Everton, they were better with 10 than they were with 11 against yeah. 10. So, yeah. Which, which is weird. I have a theory that teams with 10 are more dominant. I I, I watch it, and, and, and I'm talking about good teams, like teams like Bayern, teams like Real, teams like, you know, good teams, and I would say City are a good team. I really wonder if part of it is just that the attacking players had more space to work. Yeah, I think that is. You have, you had just create so much more space on the pitch, and City have people who can just punish you with space, and then on top of that, they have wingers up there, so if you just accept that they're going to play three at the back and sacrifice a defensive midfielder, for a guy who can kind of do everything, that's where you have like an Ilke Gundogan, you know, who can just sort of sit back and absorb, or he can go forward and punish people. Like that's why you buy a player like that. So, um, it, it. I think overall, yeah, I think overall we're we're relatively in agreement that what we've seen from City for the first three games is a lot of beautiful stuff. They just need to be sharper in the final third. To take we also down. haven't seen like a consistent like I think Guardiola need like and and I'm sure that that's because he hasn't had all his available weapons. But I think now that Gundogan's back and Walker's back from his card, like Raheem Sterling may be out, but I think that Pep Guardiola now has the chunk core of what he wants to do. And we're going to see something much different come Liverpool that I, I honestly think Pep probably thought the 4-4-2 is going to be a little bit more dominant versus Bournemouth. Then they've just been so good on the counter against Bournemouth in the past. Like, and, and what, was, what was it, like 15-1? to 1? They've outscored them, yeah. and, and and it's because Bournemouth like to come at. They don't care who you are. Bournemouth like to have the ball, and they like to come forward. And a team like City, that's good enough defensively, they can sit back, absorb that, turn that around, flip it, and create opportunities. And usually, that leads to punishing results, which is what you've seen in the past from City, but. For whatever reason, the 4-4-2 just it, it had an extremely rough time get, getting going. I would even go with so far as to say it never got going. Yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, look, there's encouraging things. Liverpool are going to be a very tough team, and it's, we don't play them for like two weeks, so I'm not going to say much about it because there's an international break. But and I think that's the reason that people came to Sterling's defense. Yeah. That's why it was English Raheem. Yeah. It's because the international break is here. So he's not City Raheem, he's England's Raheem. And you've got to defend that. So, 
yeah, it'll it'll it, it's it's that's yeah that's why I said that. But the I think the international break comes at a good time for City because Pep needs to realize that some things aren't working <clears throat> and that he's maybe overthinking this a little and that you can play with three at the back, but you you need to have your wingers be wingers and you let your guys in the midfield um, just sort of. I think having Nduan back will be where everything, and you can have Silva and De Bruyne going forward with a guy like Nduan who can come in and clean up, but also he's he can he can score goals and and set up. Um, I think that having that combined with your wingers, that's. I think City need to settle on a striker and play with one striker. And personally, I think that should be Aguero right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't like three at the back on principle. It's just not a formation I like, and that's a personal opinion. I know it can work. Chelsea won a title with it. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, it doesn't work. No. Good year, though. I bet, I bet that Kyle Walker deal is looking a little... Ooh. Yeah, well, it turns out that Tottenham and Wembley do not mix. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just don't really like the three at the back and ju- as, as, a, as a matter of personal taste. I especially don't like it because they haven't really... Leroy Sané is not a left back. End of story. Well, I think that's why I said Pep's been waiting. Mendy wasn't ready. But now that Mendy is ready and Walker's coming off as red... Now he has his dudes. Now he has power and speed. He doesn't have to use Leroy Sané. Right. He he has his bombers. Right, he right. has he has his bulldozers and he has like that's what I'm saying. He has power and speed combined with Walker and Mendy. And now that Gundogan's back, you have those bombers that can get up and down. Now you can set up with either Yaya Toure or Ilkay Gundogan at the back, or, uh, the anchor of your defense, and uh, I would play Toure. I just think he he does a hell of a lot better in that role, and he's transitioned to it quite well. Um, Gundogan's but you can be huge for this team once they get him on the pitch. Yeah, I think Gundogan can make and it be an impact sub. You know, he and he and Toure can split the time or split the games uh, depending on their fitness levels. Or when they last played and how long they played, but but I think that the best, the reason you'd play three at the back now is because now you have Walker and Mendy, and I think that the dynamic changes a bit with three at the back, Walker and Mendy. Yeah, I, I agree with that, but we will we haven't really seen an action yet, so I'm no. interested in, but. You know, I think Liverpool is going to be the first real test they'll face, and I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how they get after it. So, um, yeah, a nice, a nice little brief podcast. We will almost certainly be back once the transfer window closes. I know there's a new spate of Alexis Sanchez rumors, but anything that does and doesn't happen, we'll cover that later in the week. Um, so you'll be hearing from us very soon. Um, Josh, a pleasure as always. Indeed, sir. I appreciate you taking time. Always a pleasure, and um, we'll be talking to you again very soon. And um, we are American Citizens. We are sponsored by Blog Talk Radio. We are on Twitter at America Citizens, and um, you can follow us there. You can search for us on iTunes. Our podcasts are there. Download them, subscribe, all that good stuff. 
So we will be back at you again later in the week. And for Josh, I'm Gray. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great week.